This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. Um. So, so let's, so, so we, we, we talked about, we talked about the reasons for the church and I, and so take these notes so you guys can, can have these notes. Um, we talked about the first one was teaching biblical doctrine. Um, that's one purpose of the church is to teach biblical doctrine to make sure, um, that theologically we, we are sound. The, uh, theology, of course, is the study of God, um, to hear, to know what, what God is teaching to make sure that we're um, in sync with what God is teaching. Number two is to provide a place for believers to fellowship. Um, the church is important for that. I think that sometimes we focus more on um, more on the fellowship and not not enough on the teaching aspect uh, of of the church or what God called the church to. Um, the third reason or yeah, the third reason was the Lord's Supper. We talked about that observation of the Lord's Supper, um, reminding us that that everything that we that we are came with a price. Amen. That uh, Jesus shed his blood for our sins. Also, number four was prayer. We talked about how prayer you should you should be connected to a praying church, a church that prays. And so we talked about how it is important. Matthew twenty one thirteen, Jesus said, "My house shall be called a house of prayer." So he we know that God wanted prayer to be happening in His church. And I, oftentimes I see some of you guys praying with each other in small groups, and that really blesses my heart to see you connected with other people, other believers praying for them. That's a that's a blessing. So when somebody has an issue, don't tell them I'm going to pray for him because you, you know how I many I've lied so many times and telling people I'm going to pray for him so would you know what I do now I'll just go ahead and pray right now listen because I'm subject to forget amen so listen let's pray right now I pray in the middle of a parking lot we'll be at a stoplight and two both of the ones now like let's pray right now grab my hand yeah so <laughs> let's go ahead and pray let's go ahead and get this in amen so I don't want to be lying send my pray then I then I don't because because prayer is important will you tell people you're going to pray for them uh, make sure you do that. Jot it down. Ask Siri to give you a reminder or something. Siri or Google, whoever y'all use. Um, ask them, ask them to, to, to set a reminder so that you can, so that you can pray because people are depending, depending on your prayer. Amen. Um, the, the number five, and we, we got into this a little bit and I, I don't know if I got a chance to complete this. I think, I th- we went into it, but I don't think I got a chance to complete it. Um, number five was proclamation or proclaiming the gospel of salvation. The church is called to share the gospel um, through word and deed. It's part of our commission. It's an instruction. It's a command. It's a duty given to a personal group of people. So this was this was an a command or a commission that was given to the church. In Matthew chapter twenty eight, you'll find it there in verse number eighteen. Matthew twenty eight eighteen, you'll see it there. Um, y'all have it. Say amen. amen. It says and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, "What did he say? All authority." Has been given to me in heaven and on earth. What did he say? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of this age. So that's a command to us. It's a command to go and to proclaim the gospel of salvation. Y'all, I had, I had an amazing opportunity today to lead a young man to Christ. Um, I had an amazing opportunity and, uh, amen. Praise the Lord. Amazing opportunity. Um, I went to, I went to, um, an alternative school and I, I go there periodically to kind of mentor and talk to some of the young guys there. And I'm, I'm sitting in there. We're, we're in this room together. We're kind of seated and we're talking and, uh, the Holy Spirit moves upon my heart. And, uh, because, uh, this particular young man, uh, is, is self-mutilating. He's cutting himself. He's using drugs and, and just his life is just a little bit off. And so when you talk to people, you know, you don't, you don't, I don't, I didn't act surprised at the things he was saying. And uh, I asked about his father. He told me he didn't know his dad, didn't know who his dad was. And I asked him, does his, does his mom ever talk about his dad? He says, my mom won't, won't have a conversation with me about uh, about my dad. He's in ninth grade. And um, and so as I'm sitting there, I'm feeling this young man's pain. So I share some of my personal stories with him. And I could kind of, I kind of, I, I just kind of saw his shoulders kind of drop. And uh, the Holy Spirit moved on me at that moment and said, said, ask him, ask him if he, if he knows Jesus. And so I said, uh, so I, I asked him, I said, are you, are you religious at all? Do you, do you, you have a religious background? He says, well, um, my family doesn't. He said, but sometimes I'll walk down the street to the church down the street. And I said, really? I said, wow. I said, so do you know Jesus? And, uh, he said, he said, uh, he said, well, yeah, kind of. And I said, well, are you, are you, are you saved? And, uh, he said, he said, he put his head down and he said, he said, I don't know. And I said, and so I kind of shared, I shared, I shared the gospel with him. And uh, after I shared the gospel with him, you know, I asked him, I said, would you like to invite Jesus into your heart? And uh, he put his head down again. And because uh, he thought about it, you know, I wanted him to think about it. I want to make a decision on impulse. He put his head down, thought about it. And then when he lifted his head back up, he said, yes. And so I was able, I was able to lead him through the prayer of repentance and uh, he opened his heart and, and after he gave his life to Christ, you, I mean, you could just, his face, his face literally changed right in front of me. And I asked him, I said, uh, I said, man, you look different. I said, I said, how do you feel? He looked at me and he smiled. He says, man, I, I feel different. And I said, I said, do you feel better? He said, he said, yeah. He said, I feel like, I feel like something just happened to me. Amen. I said, I said, well, well, it did. Yeah, something, something did just happen to you. And, and so, so God has called all of us to share the gospel. Um, now you have to be prepared for that. You have to be prayerful. And you, when, when you go to work, sometimes, sometimes y'all, we, we become so inundated in our day to day task and what we're doing. We're so caught up in what we're doing that we forget to see what God is doing. Let me say that again. Sometimes we're so focused on what we're doing that we forget to focus on what God is doing. That there's, every time you go out of the door, God wants to use you. Let me say that again. Every time you walk out of your door, God wants to use you. And even when you walk back in the door, God wants to use you. Amen. (laughs) Amen. God wants to use you. But we have to become sensitive to that. And we have to realize that our purpose, part of our purpose, our commission is to go out and to make disciples, to go out and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We just we just we just read it. Um, and to make disciples, I talked to you guys about the disciple of Michael Jackson. Remember that? 
We talked about how we wanted to be like Michael Jackson and we had the glove and we had the, that leather jacket with all them zippers, <laughs> all them zippers on it. Amen. And so we wanted to be like him and, and Christ. And, uh, you know, the scripture tells us that, that we ought to be imitators of Christ, that we, that we are to be, to be like, to be like Christ. Amen. Um, let's see, uh, go to first Peter chapter three. I think we ended with first Peter chapter three. This is kind of where we got crunk on this part. Uh, first Peter chapter three, I gave y'all a few other scriptures. I gave y'all John chapter 17, verse two. I gave y'all that one. I gave y'all Matthew nine and six. Um, I gave y'all Acts one eight. For those of you who are taking notes, I'm kind of just doing a recap. And then I gave y'all first Peter, first Peter chapter three. And I think this is, this is where we left off. We talked about the gospel of the gospel of salvation. Um, first Peter chapter three. Look at verse number 15. And we read this this um, this past this past Wednesday. What does it say? Everybody read it aloud. What does it say? Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. And what else? Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who acts the reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Let's have a conversation real quick. I want to have a conversation with you guys. But bring me that mic. Let's have a conversation. Um, you guys tell me, um, tell me what is the gospel? What is it? Somebody raise your hand and we, we just, you might, you, you might not know the whole answer, but, but, but what is the gospel? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay. It's the good news. Okay. Good news about what? Because I, I, I want, I want y'all, I want y'all to start thinking about this as we transition, because it's going to be important. Yes, sir. The good news of Jesus Christ. Now, what is the good news of Jesus Christ? What is that good news? What is that good news? What's the good news? Hold on, hold on. Let's see if we can. Okay, okay. It's God's ultimate plan of redeeming mankind back to himself. Okay. Um, Without the birth and the death of Jesus Christ, there was no way that we could be reconciled back to God. Okay. So um, it's the the news of uh, our salvation is the best that I can describe it in my own words. No, that's good. That's good. So what, what is, what is salvation? I heard of you. What is salvation? What is that? What's salvation? Yell it out. Can you talk loud? Spreading the good news of God's kingdom. Okay. What is it? To be saved from something. Okay. So, so I've got a lot of pieces of the puzzle. So we heard, we hear that, that's, that the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. We heard that it is the good news of, of God's plan of redemption to man, to redeem mankind back to himself. Okay. Um, what else? Help us, help us to get a clear picture. Salvation is eternal life with Christ. Okay. Somebody else. Don't be scared. Somebody else. Who's hand up? Yes, ma'am. Jesus paid the price for our sins so that we wouldn't have to. Okay. Let's, let's go back because I need you guys to be, have this clear in your minds. Okay. 
When God created man, man was created to be in a relationship with God. We were created to be communal beings with God, to be to be forever in his presence. Amen. God is eternal. He, he made man. Um, actually, he made man eternal. Man was designed to live to live forever. They were designed to live forever in eternity with God. Um, now, when our forefathers and mother, Adam and Eve, sinned, okay, the, 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 the fellowship with God was now broken because now they willfully sinned against God. The problem with that is when you sin against an eternal God, you have to pay an eternal price. Hmm. So now because of sin, death enters into the life of man. Death enters into the life of man. So now man now has to deal with this whole death issue. So man is now in what's called a fallen state. He's in a fallen state. He's fallen out of, out of God's grace or he's fallen out of that fellowship with God. And so how does, so we have, we have God, man has fallen. They've sinned. They've chosen to, to, to transgress the law of God. And now they are out of fellowship. They've been put out of the garden. Okay. Now God loves man so much that God now has to figure out how can I restore man back to fellowship with me because it's it's not God's will that they perish or that they die he didn't create them for that he created them to have fellowship with him now they're excommunicated they're out of the garden so God says how can I restore fellowship with between them and myself so what does God do somebody tell me what does God do that's not that's not the first thing he did that's not, that's, that's, that's not, that's not the, that's not the first way that he establishes for man, um, for man to have grace. What, what's the first thing that he does? Okay. He established covenant with Abraham. Say what? Blood sacrifice is what he does first. He establishes blood sacrifice. So he says without the shedding of blood, that could be no remission of sin. So what God does in the garden is God kills an animal and he makes clothing or he makes these tunics for Adam and Eve to cover themselves. So after they sinned, he sacrificed an animal. He sacrificed an animal for the blood sacrifice, the blood covering. So he used the blood of this animal to temporarily atone for their sins. And that that followed into the into the Levitical priesthood, the Levitical law to where now you've got you've got priests now who are having to make these same sacrifices each year to cover for the sins of man. Now that that happened, you guys have heard me share this many times. So so now he did that. Then God got to a point because now mankind is abusing the system. They would just sin, <laughs> yeah, and just say, well, at the end of the year we're gonna kill a goat anyway. So let's just go ahead and sin and kill a goat and be all good. 
Well, you know, they kind of, they kind of, they kind of start abusing the system. You know, that, that's just what, what mankind does. And so, so God says, God says, I love them. I want to be in relationship with them. I don't want to have to talk. I don't want to have to talk through the priest in order to get a word to them. I want to, I want to have a one-on-one relationship with all of mankind, with all of, all of my children. And so God said, I need to, I need to have one sacrifice, one and for all. And he says, it's got to be a perfect sacrifice. Amen. Now, if God, if God needed a perfect sacrifice, ask your neighbor, could you have offered that? Ask him that. Oh Lord, some of y'all just, some of y'all start, people start shaking their head already like, no, I messed up way too many times. <laughs> so I, I couldn't sacrifice it either. So y'all, y'all be dead if y'all wait on me. Amen. <laughs> so, 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 okay. So, so, so what does God do? And did y'all, this, this is very simple teaching. I'm just teaching you the gospel. So, so because the wages of sin is death. So, so we knew that because man had sinned, the wage of that had to be death. Okay. So, and when man died, if they died in that, in that, in that state, uh, whatever state you died in, that's the state that, that when you went into the afterlife or the other world, that's the world, that's the way you went into that, that world. So if you died unsaved, um, the, you would, you would actually die and go to hell. Um, if you, um, I don't have time to get into the the um, before Jesus, after Jesus, that type thing, because that was a another place that was. A, when we think of hell, um, we, we think of one place, but hell is a there's an underworld as it is. There's an underworld. Hell is not just one big hole that everybody gets shoved in. Yeah, there's an underworld. I, I'll teach all that. I don't have time to get into that tonight. I'll teach you guys at another time. There's an underworld, and so you've got um, you've got Hades and Sheol, and there's Targarus, and there's a lot of other places underneath the earth. And so again, we'll get into another time. Um, but but that's they, they, so so if you if you if you love God during that time, Jesus had not come yet. They went into a place where they were held in the underworld. Um, and so everybody else kind of went into a different, a different chasm. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. But the point is, then what does God do when he says, I need, I need now a perfect sacrifice? What does God do? He sends himself in the form of his son. Glory to God. Um, he took on flesh. He sent the word and the word was made flesh. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because, and I, I heard somebody say, and it, and it, I say it like this, that makes so much sense. They said that, that, that Jesus came and he experienced the same sufferings, the same things that, that we experienced so that when, when he stands in proxy for us with God, he knows our infirmity. I just thought that was so wonderful. You see, you see, because, because God didn't know what it felt like to be tired. Cause he's never been tired before. God's never been sleepy. <laughs> Yeah, man. He never been hungry. Glory to God. He's all sufficiency. So what he does is in order for him to understand what you and I go through on a regular basis, he put on a flesh suit. 
And he came down in the form of man, made himself subject to the elements, the same elements you and I made himself subject to time and subject to the weather and subject to people, made himself subject. So now he can understand all the things that, that, that we, that we go through. Bible says he was tempted on every, on every account, every point, the way we're tempted, yet without sin. And so then this, this same Jesus now goes through this entire 33 years of his existence. He goes through all of this time and he does not sin and so when when he's on the cross check this out when he's on the cross and he dies for our sins watch this there's only one way we can know that that God received his sacrifice there's only one way to know that God received his sacrifice what is the only one way that we know that God received his sacrifice somebody tell me somebody tell me how do we know God received it okay because God couldn't look on him anymore. Okay. Say what? How do we know that God received it? How do we know? How do we know that God said that God said he truly lived a sin free life. And now I want you guys to know that I have received his sacrifice. How do we know? Huh? When was he ascended to heaven? Okay, so, so. Okay, so which one? You just gave me two different answers. <laughs> uh huh. So, how do we know that God received his sacrifice? How do we know? Yes, ma'am. Okay, the curtain, the curtain ripped. Okay. Huh? Say again. Because we're still here. <laughs> she said, cause we're still here. Okay. When Jesus said it is finished. Yeah. Huh? Was finished? How do we know that God accepted it? He sent his spirit. The angels. Okay, let me just tell y'all. Oh my God. The angels. It was the dove that came out of the sky. Yeah. Listen. It, it was because of the resurrection. The resurrection was the sign to us. To let us know that God had indeed accepted his sacrifice. Yeah. And it was the resurrection. Not that he died. Of course, we know that. But it was the resurrection. Because that's what we were waiting. That's what people were waiting. They were waiting on the resurrection. Okay. So um, so now Jesus dies. Three days later, he rises again. He was seen with, by disciples, seen by 500 other people. So they saw him. Now we know that that God received his sacrifice. Amen. His sacrifice in atonement for our sins. We know that now. We know that now. Now. When we're talking to individuals and talking to people, we have to get them to understand. Let me say it like this. You guys have to become familiar with that entire process so that 
so that when you're talking to somebody about salvation, you can kind of help them to understand what had to happen, all that Jesus did on behalf of our sins. And so the, the, the more you become familiar with that and know that and be able to articulate and talk about it, then God can take portions of that and he can use it as he see fits as you are ministering to somebody about salvation. You may not have to talk about the whole thing, depending on where they are in their faith, depending on where they are in their lives. You'll know because God will place it upon your heart. God will press it, press upon your heart um, when you're in the presence of somebody who is seeking salvation or somebody who needs needs salvation. And so you'll be able to talk about that and talk about how if if we don't receive Jesus, then our, our, our faith is eternal damnation. Our faith is eternal punishment if we don't receive Jesus Christ. Here, here is here is the way I explain it. Because I, I like to be real practical when I'm talking to people. And I explain salvation like this. Here's the way I explain it. Um, th- there was a woman who goes into a grocery store. Um, she couldn't speak real good English, but she was really hungry. She goes into the grocery store and um, and she see people putting food in their buggy. So she she looks, she noticed what's going on. So she go gets, go goes and gets a buggy. She starts putting all this food in her buggy, and she's excited because she's hungry. And now she's able to put all this food in her buggy, and so now she's her buggy is filled up full of food, and she's pushing it. And she sees somebody heading for the door. She see them push that buggy out of the door. So what does she do? She heads for the door. On her way to the door, the security guard sees her and says, "Ma'am, what are you doing?" And she says, "I go home. I hungry. I go home. I eat." So. He says to her, ma'am, you cannot leave until you pay for everything that you put in your buggy. Life is like that. In this life, you can put whatever you want in your buggy. You can put whatever sin you want. You can put smoking and drinking and gambling, lying and cheating and backbiting, whatever. You can put whatever you want in your buggy. The problem is... It's when you leave this life, glory to God, you have to pay for everything that you put in your buggy. I go on to tell the story where the woman gets to the counter and they check out everything that they ring up, everything that she put in her buggy. They ring up everything, comes out over $500. Well, the woman don't have a thing. She's looking in her pocket. She pulls out a few little coins and she's trying to figure out how I'm going to pay for this stuff. Well, well, there's no way she can pay for all the stuff that she put in her buggy. There's a man standing right behind her. The man behind her sees her dilemma. Glory to God. Reaches in his own pocket, pulls out $500, gives it to the, watch this, hands it, hands it to the lady, gives it to her and says, ma'am, I want to pay for everything that you put in your buggy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's a man named Jesus that saw all the stuff we put in our buggy. Glory to God. Knowing that there's no way we could have paid for all the stuff, all the sin. If, if you started trying to pay for all the sins you committed now until the day you die, you still wouldn't have enough to pay for all the stuff that we've done. But that was a man named Jesus saw our dilemma and decided I'll pay. Glory to God. He talked to the cashier named God and said, God, listen, I'll pay for everything that they've put in their buggy. Now watch this. Here is the dilemma. The man hands her $500. She has a choice. She has a choice. Either she receives or she rejects it. Or, or she says, or she says, no, thank you. You know what? So now when I'm talking to a person, I say, you have that same option today. 
Jesus Christ paid for all of your sins. He's already paid for it. Now you have to accept it or reject it. Now when I, when I, when I put it that simple and that plain, just like y'all felt, y'all felt that? You kind of felt that? When I, when I make it that plain, so I don't, I don't have to use all those big words and stuff. I just make it, I put it right where people can come, they can see it, they can understand it. And so now people are like, wow, man. And they start to get it. They, they start to understand it. And now they understand how important salvation is. Because the reality is, is when you die, you're going to have to pay if you don't accept Jesus' sacrifice. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Um, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, okay. Number, number six. Number six. I think don't, we haven't went to this one. Go to James chapter one. James chapter one. James chapter one. James chapter one. So again, we are, we're talking about the purpose or the reasons why God created the church. So salvation is important. We should be ministering salvation, proclaiming the gospel, not just in our words, but in our lives. James chapter one, look at verse number, look at verse number 27. James James one twenty seven. Uh oh. I should have made y'all read number twenty six. Whatever y'all do, don't read verse twenty six. Whatever y'all do, don't read that one. Oh Lord. <laughs> y'all so hard headed. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> y'all read it anyway, didn't y'all? Amen. So that's how that's all I need to do to make y'all read the Bible. Tell y'all not to read it. Then y'all read it. <laughs> Amen. Uh, look at verse, <laughs> verse number 27. What does it say? Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. What? To visit orphans and widows in their trouble. And what else? To keep oneself unspotted from the world. Number six is to ministry to those in need. Uh, ministry to those in need. A church um, should have something set up. To be able to minister to those in need, minister to the physical needs um, of people. Not only do people need the gospel shared to them, but also people need uh, physical needs uh, taken care of. One of the reasons I'm, I'm, I really enjoy, I really love our service because um, I think we do a great job in ministering to the needs of people in that regard. Um, some of the other things that, that we'll set up, of course, we're not, we're not prepared to handle, uh, financial needs of individuals at this time, but, um, even, even having some proceeds, some policies and procedures in place to even handle financial needs, clothing needs, fooding needs, uh, shelter needs for individuals. Um, that's something that, that we, um, that we, um, aspire to do and to be, to equip people with the two. And also, now watch this. So, so it talks about it talks about ministry to those people who who are in need, and that's that that's a, that's a part that's a part of the process, a part of our building and our growth process to have those policies and procedures in place so we can help people. Because sometimes people fall on hard times. Um, now 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 
along with that, there's got to be some teaching that goes along. Because if you're having the same financial issue year after month after month after month, then there's, there's a, there's a bigger problem going on. It's one thing if you had a car accident and you were at fault and you had to spend all this money. That, that's one thing. But it's another thing if, if you're just mismanaging or mishandling your, your income. So one of the things that, one of the things that, that, that I'm going to work hard to establish is financial literacy classes. And so I know some of y'all in here are financial geniuses and you know how to handle money. And so one of the things that, that we want to do, because I want, I want you to be smart. I want all of us to be smart with money. I want to know, we need to learn how to invest and what to invest in and, how, and what, what that looks like. And so that's one of the things that, that we want to do so that, I, 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 you know what? I believe God wants to raise up millionaires right in the church and, and not, not just for yourself, but so that you could be a greater blessing. Amen. You can be a greater blessing to yourself and your family. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, do me a favor. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to have more than enough. Just, just listen. I, I, I can't say that God wants everybody to be a, I, God, I don't believe God wants everybody to be a millionaire because we, we go crazy. We wouldn't like, we couldn't stand each other. We wouldn't like each other. Amen. We were trying to outdo each other. But I do believe that God wants you to have more than enough. I got, I believe God wants you to be able to pay all your bills and have some stuff left over. Amen. Glory to God. Nothing missing, nothing broken. I believe that. I believe, I believe God wants to set you up where you can pay all your bills at the first of the month and you can just chill the rest of the month. Amen. Just, just pay everything at one time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen, touch your neighbor and say, I believe God wants you to be able to pay your, uh, your, your, your credit card off once a month. Be able to pay it off. He wants to be able to pay that thing off once a month. Some of y'all ain't saying nothing. Amen. I'm, no, I'm talking about just pay it off. I'm talking about whatever you put on at the end of the month, right? One check, pay that thing off and be good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen, tell somebody else, I believe God wants your credit score to be almost 800. Come on, tell them. Come on. Cause y'all, y'all, y'all ain't see some of y'all. Listen, come on. Y'all need to, you got to start speaking this thing over people. Listen, I'm telling you now, come on, man. It's not God's will that your credit be all jacked up and broken, busted. Amen. Come on. God wants you to have good credit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, tell somebody else. God wants you to pay your bills on time. Come on, tell them. Tell, uh, tell, no, no, you told the wrong person. No, tell the other person. Tell them, no, God wants you to pay your bills on time. Hallelujah. We don't want you to have to ask him for extensions. And we don't want you to have to, amen, pay half the day and half next week. Amen. No, God wants you to, listen, I'm telling you, that's the, that's the will of God. That's the will of God. That is the will of God. Listen, let me tell you how it's the will of God. God said, oh, no man, nothing but to love him. Amen. Don't owe him anything but to love them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen, tell somebody God wants you to pay your next car off in cash. God wants you to listen, y'all. Some of y'all, listen, y'all come on. I'm trying. Y'all, y'all, I'm, I'm, that's, that's the will of God. I want you to know that's the will of God for you to pay cash for that thing and be done with it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's you got you got to hear that. You got to hear that and you got to know that. That's the will of God. That's the, Now you may not be able to do that right now, but you ought to be working to get there, baby. You ought to be, you ought to have it in your heart. You ought to have it in your mind. Start praying. Ask God to give you a plan to work that thing out. The Bible said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask it of God. I'll give it to you and I'll upbraid it not. In other words, I won't hold it back. So we ought to be asking God, God, give us wisdom. God, teach me how to get out of debt. Teach me how to pay some stuff off. Show me how to work this out. Glory to God. I, I may, I may, I may have to do it out Netflix for a while. It got, it got quiet. 
Let's do it out my net, my, my, my direct TV for a little while. Come on, y'all getting quiet. Amen. I might have to get a trot phone for a little while. <laughs> I might have to go get a jitterbug. Maybe get a, a jitterbug phone for a little while. Come on, y'all might as well say, man, it, 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 it takes some discipline. It, it take, you might have to, you might have to downgrade some stuff. You gotta take, get some discipline. Hey, man, I might have to give you my government phone and get my other phone, my other phone back. Hallelujah. Starlet says she thinks she's gonna keep her phone. <laughs> Starlet, Starlet, I ain't getting no jitterbug phone, them big old number. <laughs> Starlet, Starlet says I ain't getting that phone, them big old numbers on. They don't get that flip phone, Starlet, quit playing. Yeah. Don't get that flip phone, quit playing. <laughs> Amen. No, but man, if you ask for wisdom, God will, God will start showing you, but, but then, but then you gotta be willing to do what, what God shows you. You gotta be willing, you gotta be willing to do it. Listen, you may not be able to buy Del Monte for a little while. You may have to get you some great value coin. Come on. <laughs> y'all, <laughs> y'all, <laughs> y'all laughing, but I'm serious. I, I'm, listen. Somebody said, uh-uh, I gotta have my great value. I gotta have my Del Monte. You buy when it's on sale? That, that's how you do it? Yeah, watch, watch them. Buy a lot of it when it's on sale. Like 44 cents? You know, yeah, 44 cents a can. Just wait till it's 44 cents a can, then go rack up and buy a whole case of it. Yeah, buy you a case of corn. Yeah, buy you a case of corn, but you can't buy it until it's 44 cents. Amen? Yeah, until it's on sale. <laughs> Amen. So you better watch them sale paper. Glory to God. Now, all I'm telling you is that, is that if you ask for wisdom, God's God will give it to you and he'll show you exactly how to do it. Amen. But you got to be prepared to do what God tells you to do. And when you do that, man, you watch how God begins to open up doors for you. Amen. So, so ministry, ministry to those in need. Listen, my, 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 my previous pastor told me something and, and it made a lot of sense. And Trina, we, we, we did it for a little while, but we did, we didn't stay disciplined with it. Here's what he said. He said, Say, so, oh, you said, I didn't say discipline. <laughs> said, it wasn't me, it was him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't say discipline. Amen. He wanted to hit Del Monte. Okay. <laughs> Trina, throw me under the bus. Bus tracked all over my bosom. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> my, pre- my previous pastor told me this, and it made a lot of sense. <laughs> Y'all got me tickled. <laughs> it's, it's what he told me. It made, it made a lot of sense when he told me. He said that what, what, what they do is, uh, he spends, I think it was a, a hundred dollars a week. I think it's what he said to feed his whole family. A hundred dollars worth of groceries a week. Here's what he said. He said, one, the first week he goes, and he buys, he will purchase a hundred dollars worth of meat. He'll buy a hundred dollars worth of, of chicken and, uh, sandwich meat or, or just, just real, real cheap meat. He'll buy a hundred dollars worth and then he'll, he'll take it, put it in the refrigerator, some in the freezer, whatever, keep some out to cook or whatever. And he said for that first, he said for that first month, they just, they ate a lot of chicken every, every day. The second, the second, was it a month? I think it was a month. 
the second month, yeah, it was second month, it was a month. So the second month he'd go back, he'd buy a hundred dollars worth of canned food. So he'd find canned food on sale. He'd just buy a hundred dollars worth of canned food. I mean, that, that's all he would buy. He'd go buy so, so, so the first month he had a bunch of meat, a bunch of chicken and sausage or whatever. The second month he had meat and canned food. The third month he would buy all of his box, everything that came in a box. So he'd buy cereal, um, what else? Yeah, pancake mix, yeah, rice and all that stuff comes in a box. Hamburger helper, yeah, so he'd buy, he'd buy a hundred dollars worth of that. And, uh, and I think it was, I think it was four weeks that, I think it was something else. And I think, I think on the, I think on the fourth week, fourth month, he would go back and he'd buy all of his jars, everything that came in a jar, mayonnaise and all that kind of stuff. And then he would go, he would on the, the, the next month, he would start over, go back with another hundred dollars worth of meat. Well, he already had chicken and all those, all those things. So now he can buy meat that was the next step up. So he'd go back and he'd buy ham or he'd buy turkey. He'd buy some of that meat and he'd take that. He'd store that, do that for that, for that month. Next month he'd go back, buy, go back to cans again. So now he had all his cans and green beans. So he'd buy another set of cans. And so he said that by, you know, in a few months time, he had more, he had so much food that he was able to give food away. Said so he had canned food all under his bed and canned food all in the cabinets and he had meat, uh, just meat kind of, kind of coming out of his freezer. He talked about that, how he was able to go give whole chickens away and whole hams away to people that, that, uh, that needed that food. And, uh, he had more, more box products and he knew, knew what to do with. Um, so, so he said that and we, and we tried to, and it actually not that, that may work for some people, some people it may not work for, um, but we, we tried it. And I was like, and for a while, you know, it was working. But Trina said, I'm the one that, yeah, that stopped it. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, Amen. There it is. There it is. What else wrong with <laughs> my fault? Glory to God. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, y'all. Let's, let's move right along. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so. Okay, so 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 listen. Not, not only are we to provide for those who are in need, but if if you look at the verse twenty seven, the last part of that, it says, "And to keep oneself unspotted from the world." So we are to equip people in Christ with the tools they need to overcome sin. That's part of the teaching, part of the classes that we're going to put together to help teach people uh, how to overcome sin and to stay uh, to stay spotless and stay stay remain free in a polluted world. I need to give you all this last. I only got two minutes. I need to give you all this last number seven. I really wish I had time to deal with this, um, but I want to give Norman all the time next week. Um, number seven is the, and I want you all to write this down because this this is going to be vitally important. The church is God's hand, mouth and feet in this world that's what the church is the church is god's hands his mouth and feet in the world that's who we are we're his hands his mouth and his feet in the world and write the scripture down first corinthians chapter 12 first corinthians chapter 12 uh verses 12 through 27 first corinthians 12 verses 12 through 27 and it talks about the different parts of the body um, and how the different parts of the body are to work uh, succinctly with each other. And so uh, that, that's your homework. So so when you go home tonight or in the morning, whenever you have your quiet time with God, I want you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. Just kind of read that, get that in your hearing, get that in your spirit. 
Um, and I, I'm going to I'm going to leave you with this statement. And I want you to hear this statement. I'm not sure if Jerry has this statement or not, but it's we are to be doing. That's the one. That's it. That's it. Look at that statement. Look at that statement. And tell me what tell me what your thoughts are in that statement. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Somebody said true. We need to be out preaching God's word. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we always try to say is we want to be God's foot soldiers and we want him to put us in the path of whoever he needs us to be there for. Amen. You and a co-worker pray and y'all pray that you want to be God's foot soldier and you pray that God puts you in the path of anybody that needs a word from him. Amen. Listen, just real quick, my time is up. What would Jesus be doing if he were here physically? What would he be doing? Ministering to those in hurt. What? Visiting the sick. We know that. Caring for those who are hungry. Serving. Taking care of his, his people. Taking care of his people. Somebody says something up here that sounded good. I, I heard it. Encouraging. Yeah. Jesus would be encouraging. What else would Jesus be doing? He'd be praying. What? Making disciples. What? Teaching the word. Say it again. Teaching. Say it again. He'd be doing miracles. Wow, he'd be doing miracles. I ain't seen a miracle in long, you know, a, 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 a bona fide. <laughs> yes, ma'am. She'll be able to, she said he should be able to delegate. <laughs> you go do that miracle this time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Gathering lost souls. You had your hand up. Mm-hmm. That's right. I was going to get to that. You're absolutely right. G- greater works. Somebody else said something over here. Somebody said their hand up. Okay. Okay. We already got him. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Empathetic to the needs of others, understanding what people are going through. Now watch this. Everything that you guys just said is what we are supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be doing that. We're supposed to be doing the things that Jesus Christ would do if he were here physically on the earth. And and the Bible says that even greater works what we do. Now watch this. Not greater in quality, greater in quantity. Because we can't, we'll never be able to outdo the quality of Jesus' work. But we can do it in multiplicity. We can do it because there, there's more of us than there was of him. And so, and so, um, I like somebody, somebody talked about miracles and healings and, and those signs and wonders. I, I believe that, I believe that as we continue to grow, as we continue to, to get sin out of our lives, I believe that there's going to be such a healing anointing that's going to rise up in this ministry. Glory to God. Listen, I, I, I see a time. I see a time when people are going to be able to bring their sick love. Listen, I, I feel this. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Listen, there's a time coming. 
You better hear this prophetically. I'm speaking this prophetically. There's a time coming when there's going to be somebody in the hospital. The doctors have no idea what's wrong with them. They've been diagnosed over and over and over and over again. Somebody is going to say to them, you need to get them out of their bed, check them out of their hospital, and you need to get them down to the church. Because there's an anointing that's down at that church that people are getting out of wheelchairs. Folks are going to be throwing away. They Canes and crutches. I'm, listen, I'm going to tell you, the growths are going to be shrinking up. Cancer is going to be eradicated. It's going to happen. There's an anointing that's going to raise up. Glory to God. And listen, I, 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 this is a bold statement. <laughs> this, is a bold, this is a bold statement. This is a bold statement. But there are going to be some doctors who are just going to be mad at us. Y'all think somebody said, no, no, uh-uh, no, come on, man. No, 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 but because, because, because listen, thank God for doctors. I, 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 I believe they're needed, but I think that sometimes we peel people to death. I think some of this medicine we giving people is not really helping them. I think some of this stuff is causing you, you know, and they, 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 they read past the, all the stuff that, you know, they say, well, take this, take this. Yeah. It might cause cancer. That might cause your head to fall off, but you just take it, you know, and they, and then, and then they had a nerve. Listen, they, I, they had a nerve. They have the nerve that they tell you, you know, let's, let's just say the pill called Florenza. And they'll say, they'll say, uh, Florenza does this and it can does this. And then they have nerve to tell you, don't take Florenza if you're allergic to it. <laughs> what do you mean? Don't take it if I'm allergic to it. How? If... This drug just hit the market. How do I know I'm allergic to it? So when you take it and get sick and you have an allergic reaction, you know what they're going to say? We told you. We told you not to take it if you were allergic to it. Well, it's, it's, it's up to you to figure out if you're allergic to it or not. And I believe... That there's an anointing. You better hear this in the Holy Ghost. I believe that's when, when we get real with dealing with the sin in our lives and we become serious and say, God, I want to live holy before you. And when God is able to raise up a holy church, you watch the anointing that manifests in that building. Watch what I tell you. And people are going to come in on their wheelchairs. They're going to come in in wheelchairs and they're going to leave shouting. You know why? Because we saw it in the word. If we can see it in the word, we ought to be able to see it in our lives. Amen. It's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. And I believe that God wants to raise us up. Now listen, this is, this is not, this is not fake stuff. This is, this is real. We, we have to deal with the sin that's in our life because sin is what's keeping the power of God from being able to move in the church. We got too much sin in the church. And so when we become serious about that, glory to God, you watch the power. Watch the power of God manifest. We're going to see signs and wonders again. It's going to happen. Will you give God some praise? I'm over time.